Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. So I've used the phrase, the ground of being, before. And just want to let you know that it's a phrase um, that Paul Tillich came up with. He's a Christian existential philosopher. And it, the ground of all being suggests the idea of a divine nature that's foundational to all beings. So each of us has, is a part of that ground of all being. And therefore, we're only truly home as individuals when we root ourselves in our being that's part of that greater being that contains all. Once we allow ourselves to fall back into that. And we always said that our home is the present moment but when we're actually truly in the present moment then we actually do root ourselves in that ground of all being that contains all and I like the idea idea which says that we experience ourselves you know when you look at yourself as being part of the ground of all it's a bit like you know us experience ourselves as waves in the ocean the truth really only comes to us when we realize that as waves we're part of the greater ocean, and the ocean is expressing itself through us. We're like those waves in the ocean. We tend to think of ourselves as, as being separate, as, as being either Nicholas or Heather or Andy or Henry, when in reality we're only really truly ourselves when we express ourselves as part of that ground of being that contains and connects all things. We talked last week about the community, the word, coming from the two words co, which means together, and moin, which means shared by all. We're shared by all. We come together shared by all. So the question really is today is how do we express that together? Most of us here have been through the idea of thinking that we've come to the idea that the universe is a unified whole of which we're a part like the ocean and the wave, and that we choose to work with that whole rather than go our own selfish ways. In the Tao Te Ching, it says, the great way is easy, yet people prefer side paths. Be aware when things are out of balance. Stay centered in the Tao. And in that reading today, it's a famous story uh, from the Upanishads, like two birds of golden plumage. They represent this small ego, the small I, and the greater self. Like two birds of go- golden plumage, inseparable companions, the individual self and the immortal self are perched on the branches of the same self-tree. There's that idea that it's all part of the one. The former tastes the sweet and bitter fruits of the tree. That's our smaller self. The latter, tasting neither, calmly observes. When we're in that ground of being, we're observing what's going on. The individual self, deluded by forgetfulness of his identity with the divine self, bewildered by his ego, grieves and is sad. But when he recognizes the worshipful Lord as his true self and beholds his glory, He grieves no more. Seeing him present in all, the wise man is humbled, puts not himself forward. His delight is in the self. 
His joy is in the self. He serves the Lord for all. The idea of living in and being the divine self. Of living in pure being. That's what we aspire to, to live in that pure being. And the first step to doing that is the decision to do that. It's deciding that we're going to live together in community as an expression of that beingness for that whole rather than just for the individual. We have to assent to that in our hearts and in our minds. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And the second step is to allow yourself to be shown the way, how to be, what to do. Zen Master Dogen says, when you leave the way to the way, you attain the way. It means you don't work it out. You allow the way to happen in front of you. When you leave the way to the way, you attain the way. You make your decision, then you give up to the way to show you. Jesus said, you know, birds of the, you know, the Son of Man has, you know, nowhere to lay his head. He, he follows the way wherever he goes. You make your decision and you give up to the way to show you. And for that to happen, you have to be sensitive to what's going on in your life, what's being asked to do. And, and silence is a part of that. It enables you just to, to be still. You have to be sensitive to that wonderful phrase, to life's longing for itself. How is the longing that the ground of all being has for you? How is that manifested in your life? Whether we like it or not, we're all called to be a part of that ground of all being. And the same calling takes us to the next stage. And, you know, where we're at right now, it could be a book, it could be an action, it could be a person, it could be a lifestyle. Each moment, there's a calling. If we can listen for that calling. In my calling myself has gradually taken me deeper into a practice of meditation to experience that pure being through meditation. But, but your calling could take you anywhere. And if you're true to the idea of giving yourself over to a part of that great oneness that contains all, then you will listen for how to do it. Because... To be is really to express the isness of who each of us are within the greater whole. It's to express the isness of who each of us are within the greater whole. The isness of who we are as part of a rock band will be different from the isness of who we are as part of a lacrosse team. If you have that isness, you know, as part of a band, it'll be different from a lacrosse stream. It's also different to the isness of who we are as part of our family. Our isness is determined to some extent by what we identify with. And the greatest of isnesses is to identify with ourselves as part of that ground of all being. That is the biggest isness. So as we identify not as the wave but as the ocean, the way we express ourselves will change. Even the isness of being a Christian or whatever religion, it's not really enough. It'll affect the isness in certain ways, and you can see that in the problem it causes when religions begin to fight among themselves and 
It'll not have us identify with the ocean and include all things. It'll have us identify with a particular religion. That bird that recognizes the worshipful Lord as our true self and beholds his glory. That's where we're being asked to identify with. It's at that level of isness that we're aspiring to be here. And that isness is not an expression of the mind, which always wants to be separate and to survive, but it's an expression of the heart, which is naturally connected to all and does not seek its own survival, but the heart identifies with the whole. And in the journey to see the way by which we're being led, we have to use our hearts as a compass, feeling our way through situations led by courage, courage, heartage, the heartage that's within us, which is why we practice developing our hearts. It may not be the way of all, but it is a way that's often given developing our hearts. It may be that you develop your heart sensor by walking, by being in nature, by letting go the mind that way. Some, some people use art, painting, pottery, filmmaking. They become so engrossed that their hearts lead them rather than their minds. They get into that zone. Or music. We get lost in music, which is really means our minds let go and the music takes over. In each case, there's a special quality of being that emerges, one that's not conceived by the mind, but comes through giving up to our surroundings. We become one with the activity that we're participating in, and therefore we express the purity that's unsullied by the mind. And the bigger the context, the greater the purity. A sportsman might express her purity of being through the pursuit of a gold medal. But that'll be the end of it. An artist might express it in a painting. But once it's finished, so does the expression of being. Even, you know, with the genius of Einstein, who said, I never came upon any of my discoveries through the process of rational thinking. You know, Einstein, even he had science to some extent at the end point of his being. But to give yourself to the ground of being for the sake of love... And love alone is the greatest context that we can aspire to here. It's an ongoing, moment-by-moment commitment that includes all action, all people, all circumstances, and all outcomes. It is a community way of life committed to being in service, as in that prayer from Thomas Merton. It's a lovely prayer. I believe that the desire to please you He says to God, does in fact please you. Merton says, I believe the desire to please you does in fact please you. I hope that I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I'll never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. You may lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. That is leaving the way to the way and therefore attaining the way. And we're in that position now as as we sit here in community. We're choosing to express ourselves as one. 
And that's the true meaning of communion. Holy communion. Sharing together the sacred. Communion has the same root as community. It it comes from that same root. And when Jesus talked about the body and blood, he was not referring to the fleshly body and the actual blood. He was referring to the, the body of the divine nature that we all share. This is my body. This simple bread is as much my body as anything else, he's saying. This simple bread that I give you is as much my body. Take my body and eat it. Is as much my body as anything else. This wine represents the life force within us that flows through the body of Christ as blood flows through the actual body. Take my life force and do this in remembrance of me. The Holy Communion is really a celebration of the essence of all life that forges us as community. The ground of being, the eternal nature and the life force that brought us into being and keeps us alive. And coming together, we remind ourselves of that special community that we're a part of, sharing the bread and wine together. And we're now going to intentionally, through this, recognize the great I am that's within ourselves. And we're going to do a traditional ritual. But in it, we're going to tell the story of the arrival of wisdom into the world. The words you're going to hear are going to tell the story of the arrival of that wisdom, of that life force into the world and into you. And we're going to ritualistically share that being and that life force into our bodies through the eating of bread and drinking of wine. And if you're at home, we did push on thing. If you want to get a, a bit of bread and wine uh, that you can share with us at home, please feel free to do that. I've talked about it before, but the Lord's Prayer is Jesus' description of our relationship with that ground of being. It's a description of our relationship, and we begin with that. Great Spirit of all, the one who is in the heavens, hallowed be your nature. May your kingdom come. May your will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day our bread from above that gives our whole life meaning. Cancel our debts as we cancel the accounts of those indebted towards us. And let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So now we follow that relationship with the divine nature.
as expressed in the Judeo-Christian tradition. We could choose any context from any religion, but here we are most naturally rooted in that context. And it can tell the story for us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. Then God said, let us make people in our image, in our likeness. So God created people in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning before the world began. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave.
When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I am the way and the truth and the life. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and that I am in you. The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. And so to symbolize this, we take the bread, the life-giving source of our nourishment, representing divine nature. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And in the same way, we take the cup that represents the life force that guides us and makes us glad. Whenever you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.